From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Hour number two, here we go. The Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, and Bill George. Ding, uh, ding, ding. Let's uh, get ready to rumble. Oh, sorry. Hour two, uh, <laughs> round two. Round two. That little statement's probably going to cost us a lot of money because I think that's trademarked, isn't it? What? Ain't nobody. He don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, no. We got a cease and desist when we used to use that on uh, Impossible Trivia on the morning show. When we did the, let's get ready to rumble. Beep, lawyers. Nope, can't do that. <laughs> That's actually trademarked, so uh, goodbye. Anyway, we were talking about the uh, young lady. Just say tumble, then. Let's get ready to tumble. There you go. Who uh, <laughs> Cut it out of the podcast, Bill. Got passed, uh, passed away <laughs> yesterday getting dragged in the water by a 12-foot alligator. Uh, again, <clears throat> if you've lived here longer than, uh, I don't know, six months, five months, you really should have talked to your neighbors, especially if you live next to a body of fresh water. Uh, yes, it's nice to stroll along the riverbanks or the uh, the it's lakes tranquil. and streams that you used to do in Michigan or Ohio or uh, New York or Boston or anywhere else like that and not have to worry about too much. But here in the state of Florida, there are things out there. There are monsters there are the things water. in that water that will eat you. There are monsters amongst us, and they live in the water. And a little yappy dog on the side of the water is basically a, a snack for the taking. And if it's attached Attracted. to a leech, a leash, then uh, chances are you're going to have to deal with that. So um, obviously this lady, they, they've done it many times, so they thought there was no big deal. And uh, apparently the little dog got a little too close and ended up costing her her life. And uh, they have confirmed that the gator that they caught, the 12-footer, was the one that actually dispatched the, the, the woman. And so it's been removed, which I thought was pretty interesting because Bill George enlightened me on that, that even though a trapper has now uh, got a 12-foot alligator, they can't do anything with it except uh, destroy it destroy yep. it completely, uh, whether it be landfill or incinerator or whatever it is. Uh, is that true? Yes or no? Confirm? Yes. Deny? Yes. That is true, apparently. I guess once and, it's... And earlier you mentioned that they found the arm and then they dispatched the alligator. They dispatched no, no, the I, alligator. I, I, know. And then found I the corrected arm. myself. You did. Uh, you know, pay attention to the show, Bill. Show me what's in your stomach. But we didn't, you know, nobody called in on that, but other than Bill. Good morning, Bill. How are Bill. you today? Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? Well, I listened to you all about copperheads and stuff brought back when I was a kid in Virginia, when uh, here about five or six years ago now, my son and I would go to Tenerock and use their uh, bow range and sight guns in. One time we had this idea going down looking at the lakes, the Tenerock lakes, and we checked in, of course, we checked in with the people, and they said, yeah, you can go and look. Because we're not fishing, we just wanted to know what the cost was. So we went all followed the road all the way back to the back lake. We pulled up to the water's edge at the boat ramp, and out of the bushes across on the boat ramp come this 
about nine or ten foot alligator, and he just came straight up to the water's edge looking at the car. <laughs> yeah, he was looking at the tr- What you got in there? Test yeah. out one of them tires. You weren't yeah. eating marshmallows, were you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I can tell you one thing. I told my son, I said, you, he was driving. I said, you know, I don't think he can digest this car very good. You better back up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But it was about a 10-footer, 9- or 10-footer, and he was not scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means that somebody been throwing in some fish or something, yep. uh, doing the illegal thing that Bill George pointed yeah. out. That You know, that's the thing is, uh, you know, those alligators, and I don't know about this this nature park down there, but I'm sure that if it's, it's surrounded by homes, uh, they actually go on into the story to say that um, – there's a lot of times where there's kids out there swimming yeah. and playing in the water out yeah. there in the lake and things like that. And they were just thankful that, you know, the gators were either not there at the time. Cause you know, this time of year, that gator might not have been there, uh, two, two hours ago, ago. <laughs> yeah, or even two hours ago. So, uh, you know, I raised my kids to assume that if it's fresh water, that there's a gator in it. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, a ditch on the side of the road or whatever. I always tell them, you don't go up to the side of that bank without me standing either in front of you or, you know, next to you or whatever. Uh, you I know. used to, uh, I used to, before I retired, work for the Pinellas County School District on their mowing crew. And we went to Sawgrass Lakes Elementary there in St. Pete. And there's a big lake back behind the kitchen and apparently somebody been feeding it because as soon as they throw something over over the fence, he was, it was there. It was a good nine foot. That one was a nine foot or two. Mm-hmm. But they had it fenced off to where the kids couldn't get to the lake or anything. But nah, I ain't never seen a fence that'll stop an alligator. If it's hungry enough and it's mad enough and if it's small enough, it'll go over a fence. I mean, we've, yeah. we've all seen that, but... A uh, twelve footer. I don't think he's going to be trying to go over a fence. No, he just crawl through the bottom of it. He'll no. go through the bottom exactly. of it, or or do what he did. Just bide his time, wait there, and uh, when the little dog comes by, that's an easy meal. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like uh, when I was raised up in Virginia on my, uh, the farm my dad was born on. We used to go down there, and my dad used to have to read me the ride act because I was infamous for finding snakes. Or they just found you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one time found a copperhead, and I was almost stupid enough to try to grab it. And my dad grabbed me. He says, boy, that's a copperhead. You'd leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah. But I learned, you know. Well, you had somebody there to help you learn as you grew along with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, your dad was better than mine because my dad said, go down there and grab that thing. Don't be afraid. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this explains Braden Gunn. Make yeah. sure you get it behind the head. Poor. Hold on to him tight. You yeah. know, so, uh, you know, it was the difference. We were we were out there trying to eliminate him. We had, we had tons of them. But, Bill, thank you for the call this morning, man. Get out there, and hopefully we'll see you at the Panfish Challenge uh, next weekend. Bring a grandkid. Bring somebody up and go fishing. All right, buddy, and you gentlemen keep up the good work. Enjoy your show. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Uh, Bill, I was going to ask you the legal question, and I'm sure that uh, Glenn could probably help you out with this, but I I think I brought this up, the Silver Lakes Rotary Nature Park. If if you have a – if you got drawn for the county that this thing is located in, and uh, it's navigable water and it's public access and all that stuff – 
are you allowed to use your county tag to go in there and take out a, a 12-footer out of that lake? Your permit excludes city within bodies of water within city limits. It excludes within 300 yards or something like that or 400 yards of emergent vegetation of a state park. 300. Is it 300? Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's a set distance from a, a state park, and that's what's excluded from your permit. So I have ventured into places that most – I like how you said ventured into <laughs> well, places. Well, no, I, I did, and I did a lot, of, a lot of stuff going ahead ahead of time in order to do it. Um, in other words, you were researching I, the legalities? I made, I made sure of the legalities and this and that, but your permit does not exclude those those places. So, so you're you not could supposed go to be there? here. Oh, yeah, prove it. <laughs> So, what's you that? said it does not exclude, so you could go in it there does, or not? It, it, it excludes uh, reserves and preserves. But what makes a reserve or a preserve? It's more than a sign, okay? But this also doesn't say preserve or reserve. It says nature park. Okay. So if it's a nature park, if I, you know, I see the loophole. Park, nature park. Well, then uh, you, the word park's in there as well. But but even then, when you look at the park is not in there. Word park is not in the exclusion list. Oh, really? So there is the possibility for somebody to go and do that, do you think? I do. Oh, well, well, Bill, I hope you buddy that's got the Hillsborough tag, uh, you challenge uh, Hillsborough Parks and Recs uh, on the Medard Park that you seem to think you, you're allowed to go in and do. Got public <laughs> access. You can pay to go in. Got a nice boat ramp, and uh, there's several, several big alligators, 12 plus. You wouldn't be hard to fill the tag right off the bat right there where everybody likes to swim along the beach. Uh, And and go ahead and get it, because I would encourage you to do so just so you can challenge that area. I will see if my buddy's up for it. Well, Well, and plus, you know what? Anybody who's out there picnicking with their kids at the water's edge will probably not mind it at all. No. They would be happy to see a few of them I see out there. Exactly. All right. We got to take a quick break, you guys. If you want to join in on the conversation, it's 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. Go by and see them today. We'll be back. Let's take a ride. Take the boat. Yeah, just take the boat down. Hey, uh, welcome baller. back. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden Glenn, Jonathan, and Bill. And Knock, he's here too, yes. Otherwise, there would be no music playing. Uh, we are here in the studio today. We were talking alligators uh, for a while there. Is it all out of your systems, or do we still have more to discuss on that? No, oh, keep it going. Keep it no, going. No, we're good. I mean, as far as what Bill was talking about, in those vicinities uh, where you're excluded from, uh, I think that... I really thought after the Disney episode um, that the state and even the local governments would open up more opportunity for their parks instead of leaving it just for a trapper. Because why wait for you and me uh, both? Why wait for a situation to happen to become a nuisance it, when you you can do surveys of your water bodies and determine just the amount of? Because usually what happens then uh, for Medard Park was use that one. When they have a problematic issue, then they call the state. The trapper comes out and takes care of it. Should there be a tw- – I mean, and if you think about it, you know, I love how liberals always say, you know, it's, this is common sense rules. You know, we got to use common sense gun safety. Uh, I'm going to use common sense alligator, alligator safety. safety. If you're in a residential area where there's a lake and it's surrounded all, all over the place by houses and kids and dogs and everything else that plays out there, 
should a 12-foot alligator be allowed to stay there? Because you know there's going to be that one neighbor, one day, one, Mrs. Johnson, who's out listen. there every single day throwing at chicken parts or marshmallows or bread or whatever, showing her grandkids or anybody who comes to visit down from Michigan. Where's it going to be Michigan? Well, the or Ohio. Answer, the answer is yes. The alligator should be allowed to be there. Okay. But we also should have the ability to, under the, the hunting and fishing side of it, go out there and have a chance to harvest that alligator if if we're able to sometimes those big ones are got big because they're smart yeah okay? they don't get big but being stupid but overall the state alligator program is trying to keep the number of large alligators down i mean that's that's part of what they're doing and and it's it's going out there reducing liabilities and and potential problems and where do we have our problems most of the time the state parks, reserves, preserves, places where our public water hunter where they get used to go, people can't can't get in because somebody needs to you know think they're doing a good thing and protecting it, and then we get somebody what, drug off. Let me use this: if uh, if you go to a management area where deer are pursued year after year after year, what normally happens? They get harder to find. Well, they stay away from they when stay they away see, from humans. Yes, exactly. So when you go to uh, Lake Hancock, for instance, Bill, that's very active for the <laughs> gator hunt program. What normally happens when a gator sees a boat? They generally go the other way. Yeah. So because they've come to know that putting people and, and boats together <laughs> aren't normally a good thing. I, I, I will give one good tip. There's a lot of commercial fishermen on that lake. They like to use Carolina skiffs because Carolina skiff is a good, wide, stable boat, and they l- associate that boat with food. Well, now, the, the is thing is, it's so, we do weather well with it. What, what gets me is... That I, big one last year, when you hit him with a spot, uh, he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I understand that you mentioned, you know, that the getter does have a, a right to be there, and I understand that part, but if you have one person on the side of the lake over by the golf course who's feeding this alligator or making it... Uh, it's a dead it's, alligator. It's pet, you know what I'm saying? And on the other side of the lake, because you got it where all the kids and everybody hang out, and those people aren't allowed to harass that alligator in any way whatsoever to associate danger with, with those two-legged creatures that are standing there. If they were throwing rocks at it or whatever it is, they could be fined for that because you're harassing a, you know, a, an alligator, which... You know, how do you associate danger with that two-legged creature that's standing on the on the bank? Well, yeah. To an alligator, you know, when a key swims across the other side and they're feeding it, uh, you know, fish parts. Any anytime somebody's feeding, whether or not it's an alligator or I know bear, that's illegal, but it's you a know, dead animal. It, it is. It's just so a matter of time. But people break the law. But the no, problem is, is that dead animal. Dead. Yeah, eventually, after it eats yeah, a forty-seven-year-old woman or a, a six-year-old I, kid, or, and that's what I tried to explain to some of the locals. That are overseeing the parks. I'd say, well, why do you want to wait for an incident to happen when you have an opportunity that's governed by the state that people are coming out? Number one, you're not then you know they're there, you know the activity that they're doing is not illegal, and they're out there really not to mess with any small alligator. They're trying to take a a potential uh, large alligator that may become problematic. Could be six months from now, could be six years, it could be six hours. You just never know when that that alligator is going to do whatever it's going to do well, it's it's an opportunity it waits for the opportunity and it and i tell you it studies its surroundings so if somebody gets to be uh consistently going back to this park yep walking listen. down to this area a certain time of the morning everybody drinks their coffee takes their walk walks and the that dog. gator says you know what 
I see that going yeah, on animals pattern over people, and over. Yeah. Every day about this time, I'm going to go over there and just see what it's about. And each day, it gets a little less fearful, and it gets a little bit closer to eventually happen to something my, like this. My The doctor I used to go to all the time used to go to Medard with his kid, and they'd fish off that dock, you know, there. And when the kid catch a fish, they'd be reeling it in, and that alligator would come, and they were they trying to Jim, take the fish away like from shark. the kid. Well, yeah. that, that's because that gator knows that something's going to happen, and that splashing is another attention getter, and it's – it's, he was associated it with somebody probably dropping something over the side, and it's food. Well, and what happens when that kid is on a bank fishing and not on the dock? Exactly. Well, that, but it, from, and if you want to look at it from a scientific standpoint, in any ecosystem, don't you always want to basically refresh in the bloodlines, and that means going in and taking out some of these older alligators? So. That well, are just basically eating machines. At you that strengthen point. the gene pool. Well, I mean, at twelve, at twelve foot, you know, it may make babies every other year, but it's I, it's eating all year round. I agree so. with wanting to keep alligators around, but I'm not for excluding the limited harvest in in Hillsborough County. All of Hillsborough County, they issued ten permits, twenty alligators for all of Hillsborough County. That's crazy. And how many are taken out by the nuisance trapper? Oh, we don't even want to go there. Exactly. It's unbelievable. How many amount. How many are taken out by a nuisance? I, I, I can turn around. I have that data if you want. I Take can, a guess. We'll just go rough estimate. Ballpark it. Hundreds. 500? No. 300? I would have Do, to say I, in the 300 I, range. 300 that's, range. That's going to be mine. So th- they, they're pulling 300 out of Hillsborough County uh, all year round. Yeah. And uh, trappers get to take, I mean, uh, hunters get to go out and get what? 20? 20. 10. Oh, well, 10 20, permits. 10 20. people. 20, 20 possible alligators. But this is the thing that drives me crazy right now. On the nuisance program, you know they are now issuing permits to remove three-foot alligators. They have to relocate a three- to four-foot alligator. Right. But they're sending the nuisance trappers out there to remove a three-foot alligator because it's in somebody. I'm not talking – I understand if it's in your swimming pool, if it's in your garage – I understand those things, but if you're living on a body of water and you have a three foot alligator, guess what? That's part of mouth, the mouth. Yeah. His mouth is a couple inches wide. He's not even getting a chihuahua. No. Yeah, but you got to think three foot grows to five foot and five over, foot is over seven and that 10 takes years. 10 years. But so why wait? Just go ahead and remove it. Yeah. If there's kids around. Well, and if the, you get that mentality, then as soon as you see a 12 footer, <laughs> they should be out there with a 30 odd six and put it right between his eyes. Yeah. Sink him to the bottom, do whatever you got to do. Or we get more aggressive on allowing more people to go out there and more freely take alligators. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Good luck with the commission meeting, Bill. It's not worked for you, you know for what? many years. All you got to do, you gotta do you know, this is what gets me. Keep pounding the rock. They won't do anything about this kind of stuff and let people go in there and let hunters and whatever. You know, They think there's going to be trappers and they can fix all problems, and they can't. Not you know when it's something this big. That has to be something that makes well, a phone call. But heaven forbid, there's two extra chickens in in Ebor City, and all of a sudden there's a huge commission meeting over what are we going to do about the chickens? There's there's roosters running around, and we got to do something about the chickens. We had a hundred, now we got a hundred and ten. We got to do something about this. This is getting out of hand. It's crazy talk. We got to do something about the chickens. <laughs> You're- <laughs> Leave I thought it to about Braden. you this week when that came up to that, that used to be a big problem in Bartow because oh it was gosh. the whole city was a bird sanctuary and there was chickens running around everywhere. And well, they that's what to, it is in Hillsborough. Yeah, people they got had hungry. to amend it. Well, to, I could so you they this. could deal with the chickens. But, but the funny thing is, is that 
if you allow trappers or guys who are spending their hard-earned money, <laughs> they're spending their money to go down and get a 12-foot alligator out of a potential lake that could actually kill a 47-year-old woman or a small child or dog in the area. Could kill A 12-foot alligator I, can kill anything it wants. I'm paying, I'm paying to go get that alligator. I'm paying the state to go do it. Whereas the state, you know, Tampa City wants to pay fifteen thousand dollars to handle the uh, chickens. About, Seriously, the 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 public water hunters generate about two million dollars a year in revenue to the state to have the opportunity to hunt. That has, that is the most expensive license we so are have. You saying out it's there. a money maker, Bill? Exactly. It, it could be much more of a money, money maker, and we don't have to pay a trapper to go remove it. But if you are a chicken hunter, wait a minute. That Tampa Code Enforcement sense. says you can, you know, to go out and go trap and relocate all these roosters, it could cost as much as fifteen thousand dollars. Cost okay. the city fifteen. Hey, we got to get on this after the break. To go catch chickens, get them, rock, get them, rock. If they're in Ebor City, you should be able to have a community deal with that problem. <laughs> Crossman 760 in the frying pan. All right, we're going to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors uh, and uh, Brandon Ford. I think they are. After this talk, who knows? All right, we'll be back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So big and wild outdoors, Brayden, Glenn, Bill and John, Knock, we're all here today, hanging out, and uh, we were talking about uh, the gator stuff, which led into the chicken stuff. Well, you made a good comment about that, and I remember, uh, I've had a few occasions to get to talk to Ted Nugent, and I remember one thing he said to me, and he used California as an example of what where Bill's going and Glenn's going with the trapping thing and everything else with their bears and their cougars. They issue X amount of permits. They get paid X amount of dollars. But yet, after the season is over, then they turn around and hire a group of trappers to go in and take out another 100 to 150 of each one of the animals instead of putting that into the pot, so to speak. Well, that'd be an easy way to take care of the chicken problem in Ebor. Just put it in the pot. Uh, but, <laughs> Absolutely, with little dumplings. But little dumplings. But uh, the Tampa's actually thought, you know what? They took it off the docket. They all made jokes, and, uh, you know, it was funny, funny, ha ha. And then, uh, but you know what? The sad part is, is they actually put it back on the issue uh, for the July 19th uh, city council agenda. So they are going to readdress the chicken problem in Ebor City before they address the gator problem in Hillsborough County. So, how, how many chickens do they estimate? I, they said it was like 150, maybe 200. You know that uh, I lo- I love it. 150 chickens. Let's go with 200. And it's going to cost eighteen thousand dollars. Is this like the deer castration deal? Well, like chickens hide under houses and you know under sure. rocks and bushes. The historical city is known for the wild birds, which has uh, a lot of support from members of the community. But some residents and business owners say a number of roosters and chickens in the area has increased dramatically. Over the years, and that the population boom is now hurting their way of life. 
If there's another type of infestation of any other animal, I love this line. You ready? Infestation. If there mm-hmm. was another type of infestation of any other animal, the city would be down there immediately trying to take care of the situation. Said there's Anthony more cats in Ebor City. Lacola, chairman of the Ebor City Development Corporation, which is why. What, why is it different for the roosters? And I think Jonathan pointed it out that the guy who's doing the complaining, Anthony LaCola, chairman of the Ebor City Development Corporation, is probably the guy that the Rays are talking to about the stadium and where they're going to locate it. And we can't have chickens Follow in the neighborhood. The money. We can't have these chickens running around pooping on twenty thousand, uh, you know, expensive cars parked in the, uh, you know, in the VIP area. All I could think is, how much is a bag of crack corn? Seven dollars and fifty cents. Okay, see, and a box truck. How many of those do you think you're going to need in order to get a bunch of chickens coming around? The rednecks of the world could solve all the problems in about five minutes. A stick in a box. I think I'll take that eighteen thousand dollars. I'm built. You need to go ahead and and Uh, you want a business partner? Because I'll go buy the crack corn right now. I'll I'll go bid ten. You know. $8,000 $8,000 savings. 18. But you know what? Just call it Colonel Bill's Chicken Service. <laughs> Since this is on the agenda, and it's already considered to be a nuisance, if, let's say, uh, uh, some people took it into their own hands and went out there and spent a while, an hour or two, catching chickens and caught like 40 or 50 of them to take them somewhere else to uh, find them a new home or... Uh, put them you in know, the chicken coop put because them in the with chicken all the coop. recalls of uh, all the contaminated eggs, you could start your own little chicken farm. Now, do you think you'd get in trouble for that? Do you think they would uh, give you uh, grief? Do you think you would be fined for it or arrested because you were out there, you know, chicken napping in chicken rustling? Yeah. Oh, of course you would because you're not a licensed professional. You, you've not been a chicken con- catcher, uh, a vendor approved for the removal of. But it's a non-native species. Okay, and so the FWC. But it's would a domesticated animal. Right, but it's not nope, of any it's a property domesticated owner. animal. But it's not any property owner. No one's claiming it, unless it's from you're sitting, you're stealing city property. <laughs> if the city's claiming it, then it's their problem. Well, and but spend yeah, but if you grand. do that, if it's like you said, it's a domesticated farm animal, and like cows or horses or domesticated. anything like that, you're going to go out there and put some feed in your hand and go. But you said another word here, Jonathan. It's farm, and that is not zoned as agricultural area. Well, there you go. But but yet you can have a chicken in city. That is true. But you cannot Well, have I'm a just saying, anytime that somebody, anytime, and you can help me out with this, anytime somebody has a cow or a horse or whatever that they say the uh, Hillsborough County comes out and wrangles it and they take it down to a holding lot, what is it, 30 days it has before they, you could claim it as yours if somebody doesn't step up and claim it? So. Yeah, I don't know what the length is for the holding, but it's a short time. And so. they'll post it. And you can look at it on the website, but other than that, it's uh, their property. I think uh, one me, option. I think me and the kids would have a great time out there trying to catch some roosters. And you're not catching. I, I know you too well. You're not catching roosters. I, I had a friend you're picking them up. I had a friend well, who had a cow get in their backyard, <laughs> and he calls me because they couldn't get anybody to come out there and deal with this cow. Oh my and, gosh! But the cow kept running into the cars and denting up their cars and everything else and they couldn't get the cow gone and it was they knew whose cow it was but they couldn't get a hold of anybody and they kept trying and trying. I said, "Listen, you Why need was to the cow running into cars? It sounds like it was sick or uh, I, it, it it was no, running into it's their cars and they were running into they were cars. trying to hurt it. But nonetheless, they could, tried and tried and tried. I said, you need to call the ag deputy, ask for the ag deputy, get them out there, and no, no luck. Get no luck. I sit there and says, 
call him up, tell him, please erase all evidence of any call that you are going to take care of this by yourself now and you you don't want any evidence of this to be boom there was people there real quick yeah and say and, and while you're at it send me a couple of good beef recipes while you're uh, yeah while you're, you know a good butcher yeah because i'm gonna have so a lot of Bill, stuff will they send agricultural deputy or officer to uh corral those chickens I don't know. That they be, might be attacking the cars. I know would, some they, of the ag deputies right now that are hating our guts. Yeah. Well, they would have to do it. FWC wouldn't want any part of it. It's not a, yeah, it's it's not not, a state It's a local it's, issue, yeah, not, not a state problem. Yeah. FWC deals with anything and everything. They deal with all state laws. I don't think they're going to be dealing with chickens. Yeah. I think that they're not going to call a wildlife trapper or whatever. It'll probably have to be an independent yeah. contractor. I vote, I, I vote uh, Braden Gunn's idea that we get a hold of Gamo Industries and get a couple <laughs> of uh, air rifles, and we can take care of this problem in about, uh, what, 45 minutes? And no. a bag of corn. Barracuda cast net. That's it. Just chum them up. We need actually both items because the ones that get out from underneath the cast nets, then we're sorry. we got to put those down. Yeah. They're feral. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of folks out in Plant City that would love to have those chickens. Yeah, we'll just take them. But, bring them to our resident because the coyotes eat them all. Yeah, or that you let them get by the lake and the gators will go ahead and take care of them right there in Hillsborough County. They're so worried about the chickens and the coyotes are eating their cats. It would be all a good thing. So <laughs> if it really is uh, something of your concern and it's your tax dollars being wasted on uh, chickens, then uh, maybe your voice should be heard. And uh, you'll get the chance on July grand, 19th. Huh? Yeah, 15K. <laughs> Bill. To go out and do chickens. Uh, no, I've already. We're, we will make you a third. Okay. <laughs> now, this, now this is uh, this is important. I did want to bring this up because I thought this was pretty interesting as well. I would have never thought of this in a million years, but uh, the River Alliance is hoping that everybody, because it is going to be scallop season, going full bore here pretty soon. Yep. Uh, they're asking all the people uh, that are going to be out scalloping this year to uh, please don't dump your shells into. The river. Why? Well, because it apparently is not a good thing. Why? We got beer bottles and Coke cans, pool tops, and everything else. What's a few natural shells that came from the the surrounding body? Well, let me get to the deal here. Ready? Yeah. I want to hear what they say because I have my guess. A 2017 survey of how Citrus County scallopers dispose of their shells found one alarming trend. 60% of those surveys recalled seeing information about the proper way to dispose of the shells and that's good news but however 60 percent of those other people uh thought that the dumping shells in the river was okay that they did it anyway so frank i'm gonna butcher his last name kaposi i guess is his name and uh, he's the vice chairman of the homosassa river alliance said education will still be the focus when popular scallop season starts in july with the emphasis on keeping shells from being discarded in the river Many uh, shucked their scallops and dumped the shells into the river as they head back to the boat ramp, and visitors don't realize how damaging this can be to the ecosystem. I want to know what's the damage. The shell. What official state agency is saying this? Homosassa River Alliance. Yeah, there you go. One boat limit of 10 gallons covers 12 square feet of river bottom when scallop shells are dumped. That prevents native plants from growing and could turn the river bottom into muck. It's already a muck. Instead, with all the runoff and erosion from upstream, <laughs> this guy, uh, good luck with that. And I can tell you this I look at it, when I see all those guys shucking the uh, 
that stuff for everybody coming in. I'm thinking, first thing, man, the shell cracker are going to love fanning that bed out. Oh, yeah, really? (laughs) Well, instead, he's asking, uh, he said, scallopers are urged to dispose of their shells either in the Gulf of Mexico or at least upriver. Away from the spring or fresh water or land in receptacles, just like so regular upriver. Upriver's up okay. But Translation: Don't screw up my property values. <laughs> Good luck. If so, you want, if you don't want them dumped, give them a dumpster. Well, Take a break. As, it Speaking get, of dumpsters, it what? might get ugly. So I'll give you that when we come back. Yeah. We're brought to you by G Five Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. It's going to get bad. Hang on. I think I have a solution, fellas. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Glenn, Jonathan, and Bill talking about the chicken. I say we can't... Don't say what you just said because Glenn will crawl under the desk. No, I, I, got, I got the solution. We go and we trap all the uh, coyotes that are running around Shore Acres in Pinellas County now and eating all the kitty kitties and all the neighbor's cats, and then we go dump them Introduce into the chicken and uh, let them uh, wipe out the chicken population. So uh, keep and- them in check. And when the chickens get thin, so will the house cats. And and you know what? And then the coyotes will move on. Or they'll get hit by a car on I-4. It's no big deal. There you go. So it's a win-win for everybody. The insurance company wins. The people yeah, win. Everybody wins. Sure. It's all good. Everybody's happy. And the printing company gets to make some money when they print out the, all the flyers that say how to live with coyotes. <laughs> or that or missing fluffy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Reward. Uh, we were actually talking about the uh, scallop season, and uh, this gentleman... <laughs> Uh, Frank, uh, Kopak, Pox, just don't even try. K, help me out here, knock. You ready? K O P O C S I. Some from the homeowners association. Kapok, Kapok, Kaposki, Kapok. Yeah, probably. Anyway, he's operating. He's with the uh, Homosassa River Alliance, and he's saying that translation ten, ten gallons, ten gallons of scallops. <clears throat> dumped overboard will cover 12 Can't. square feet of river bottom and it'll uh keep native plants from growing Can't. and turn the bottom into can mountain. i translate that in layman terms uh-huh. basically the guy you're talking about is someone who's moved down to homosassa who's bought a house and does not want you dumping shells and i, I think the shells would create a good stability for uh, one of those invasive willow trees to grow and take root right well now. but my my thing is is okay he's saying the shells <laughs> will turn the bottom into muck in the muck how many times have we all been on Chesa Whiskey and seen where they've dumped those shells and it actually helps the bottom instead of hurting the well, bottom? Well, you can step there a little easier and you won't sink to your knees. With well, the Frank muck. said he's reached out to the FWC, uh, which is scheduling a meeting with him. And uh, the county administrator, Randy Oliver, has offered services of the county aquatic services director, Mark Edwards, to participate. So the county commissioner, Chairman Ron Kitchen, see, everybody's getting involved now, said he hopes that educating scallopers does the trick and if that doesn't work kitchen said that the county may seek uh, for a florida state law prohibiting disposal of scallop shells in the river and remember so I'm what happens for if you have all the mussels and everything else and uh right there and they die so do you go clean those up i don't going to call some muck problem well he said the law is a uh maybe a last resort but he hopes that it doesn't come to that we're thrilled that the community has backed us he said it's the visitors it's the visitors. It's them. Keyword, oh, like visitor. I said. <laughs> They're here to have a good time, and they don't understand the impacts that they have on this river. But here's what I think about the whole story. It's, it's It means absolutely nothing when he says, dump them upstream. 
He just don't want he to lose his all credibility to you. Yeah, to me it does because if you can't it? dump it in this part of the river, then why do you say dump because it? Because he doesn't live in that part of the river. Yeah, you, know you can dump him up. It's and a personal can... gain for him. It's not really about you know, uh, the whole issue of what it may do in the ecosystem or what it may do naturally or cause a, cre- a problem. Whenever he says what kind dump of it upstream, here's what they ought to do. Since the county loves to spend money, they ought to take a shell uh, collection area where you can dump the shells and they can grind them up and use it uh, for uh, the Road roads, mesh. the county roads or in the park roads and things like that. Use it and grind it up. They can make money, you know, pay them so much, a dollar a pound or 50 cents a pound. And then That's they common can, sense, Braden. We don't they, like doing that. They could grind up the shell and uh, put it all over the roads and be happy, happy, happy. Gino, save us. <laughs> Well, you know, the problem with that, guys, is uh, what about that pile of shell with the scallop guts and all that and the flies and the vermin flying around that? You want to be next door to that nasty, stinky thing? Uh, well, you know what? Maybe Glenn has an idea. You leave them on the river bottom for the uh, fish a week eat. or two, They'll and the shell up. crackers will take you care of it. And, and, and then the crabs and the, and the crawdaddies and everything else eat them up, and then there's a nice, clean shell for... Uh, that's the stupidest. I'll guarantee you that joker's got a house somewhere. Whoa, whoa, and they shuck them whoa, in the backyard. Whoa, 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 whoa. Gino, Gino, you said crabs and crawfish. Yeah. So I just heard of two things more that I can put in a pot and bowl. So yeah. That's right. That's good with me, man. And, then, yeah. and if you want to dump them up there on the bank, well, guess what? The Raccoons. flies and the ants are going to come and say, ah, look at here, smorgasbord, well, cha-ching. That's after the raccoons click and clean. Yeah. And they're only going to well, last a day or two. Yeah. When he said dump them farther up the creek, that's okay with him. You, you know, he sold himself out. Now, I was always told don't dump them in the Gulf because you'll run the uh, scallops off the bed. They see the dead scallops. They say, we don't want to be around here. <laughs> that's what I always told so, You know, that kind what? of makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah all those eyes, they see the other scallops. Danger. Yeah. Danger. You know, you, are, you, you're not kin to this guy up there, are you? Stop. No, 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 man. You know, I, I just this is the most inane thing. Those shells will be picked clean in a couple of days, and it'll be just nice, clean, hard bottom that'll break down and decompose into, you know. Just like nature natural. intended it. Yeah, you, you know, think... You, better, I, going, you'll make an Indian midden if you dump enough of them, I guess. Well, you know what's what's really funny is this guy, uh, Frank Kapakabagiga, he, uh, with the Homosassa River Alliance... City. You know, New York City, he's lived there two years, probably. Well, here's and, the funny thing that he doesn't understand. And he's probably listening up there on our 103.1 FM signal, so probably. he can call up, and tell, Frank? Us and tell us something that we may not know. Yeah, what's up, Frank? But you know what, Frank, what you may want to go back and take a look at and go, <laughs> let me ask Let me ask the layperson, what is the state of Florida on top of? Shells. <laughs> what is limestone? What is, what, is, what is limestone made out of? Very, you know, for here that used to be sea bottom. What do you think this whole entire state is made out of? He does All a- he's going to tell you is he can't get a good pizza around here, and it's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say this: if he can see the shells that are dumped right there, then chances are he's going. to next thing is, well, I don't think anybody should run a kicker down through here because it's stirring up the bottom. So guess what happens to all the sediment gets stirred up? It flows with this current. It goes out to the bay, sure, to the Gulf, hey, sure. Why not? Well, you know, what I was going to tell you all, too, was your idea about trapping the coyotes in Pinellas County. I got plenty in my neighborhood. But the people over here are telling you it's a native animal. Oh, really? And, uh, oh, yeah. It's, they're native. Don't you know that, Braden? They're native to uh, central uh, St. Petersburg. They're native animals. Sure. Yeah. So are those domestic you, cats. You should, that not, are you, should, you should not mess with a domestic. They have every right to be here. 
we run them off by putting. That's the same lady that told me, you know, the the, the power company's got to cut down the oak trees, and you know, because of hurricanes and stuff. Yeah, it looks kind of ugly. Well, why do they put the power line over the oak tree? Because there was an oak tree where the the street that she drives on once was. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, you know, the power line's been there 75 years, lady. Come on, man. Some dummy put an oak tree under a power line. And they grow. 30 years, you got a nice oak growing underneath the power line or a pine, palm, whatever. But, I mean, I argue with these people. Coyotes are native. They keep the rats down. No, the snakes and stuff that used to eat the rats kept them down, but the coyotes ate them. Yeah, yeah, we used to have black racers everywhere that would be out keeping those fruit rats down to a minimum, and uh, now uh, you don't find those as much anymore because, uh, you know, they move down here, they see a black snake, they think it's a black mamba or a water moccasin, and they kill it, and then uh, 10 minutes later they let Fluffy go out the back door so she can go out and kill songbirds and lizards and everything else, and then the coyote comes along and then eats the cat, and they wonder what the heck is going on. No, well, we will. All these all these posters up, missing cat, missing That's cat, I I got to chuckle. I don't want to say anything, but I chuckle every time I see one. Of course you do. Well, I mean, but that's like we had a group of ladies that came in the shop, and I think I've told you all the story several times years ago that were like, uh, we need some help because there was a lady that was over in y'all's neck of the woods that walking her dog, a coyote come out of the bushes and tried to grab her dog, and the only thing that saved the dog's life was that she had a full body harness on it with the leash attached and was able to snatch it away from the coyote. So yeah. needless to say, when they did that, they uh, hired some guns. Let's put it they, that had, way. they had a come to Jesus moment. All yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And they started singing different. You know, my sister had it happen to her, and she's got a, a big old uh, golden retriever, and she lives over by Denver Park, right? And I mean, right, you know. Yeah. And two coyotes come running up right at me. She got an eighty-pound dog, and they came racing up. They don't that. care. No, they don't care. I, nowadays, uh, I know our buddy Tom Free was taking pictures of the ones going down Sixty Second Avenue where the old school used to be. There were two of them out there sitting out there laying in the sun, just like, you know, uh, You can't do nothing to us. Uh, it's time to get up and go look around, see if we can find something in the hood. So Yeah, exactly. You There's got to be a poodle over here somewhere. I mean, it's amazing. And be, oh, look at a beautiful animal. I mean, it's going to be a beautiful animal until it eats the head off of your uh, off of your dog, or you find it. You know, my buddy found a coon's head in his yard. <laughs> Living in Snow Isle on the water, you know. Cody's are sending him a message. Yeah, I sent him a message, yeah, man. <laughs> stay out of our turf. I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed, you guys. I mean, you know, you guys understand the balance between nature and how when you defy nature, you just got a mess on your hands. But we are probably 5-8% of the population when, when these other people are... You know, save the coyote. We ran them out of their home. Where do you live, lady? You live on a boat or you live on a tent? Well, no, I live in Venetian Isle. So, you know, who, who ran the coyote? Number one, he's not native. But they, they won't listen. There's just no There's no reason. No logic. That's logic right. Just and, lost. and she doesn't understand that Venetian Isles was man-made. So well, exactly. you've That's lost your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Gino, we got to take a break. It's a hard break, man. Right, but thanks for the call, man. Stay yeah. out of trouble and go catch some pompano. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, hang in. We'll be back.